You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Bet this football season with my bookie. Use promo code Gators and get a free $20 wager with your first deposit. Your winning season begins today. Only at my bookie. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. And joining right here on YouTube. Um, going to do a, a Q&A. Everybody out there right now, let me know if you can hear me. Oh, oh, okay, I was having some audio issues behind the uh, um, <laughs> behind the scenes, so hopefully uh, this is going across well. I don't know what the issue is, but uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. But if you're in there in the comments, uh, let me know uh, if you can hear me right now, and then uh, we'll, we'll go from there. But, uh, yeah, going to do this. I haven't done uh, – it's been a while probably since I've done a YouTube uh, Q&A session. So we got that going uh, right here for, for this episode. And, you know, t- talking a lot of Gator football, I mean, it's just, <laughs> even though no games last weekend and, and this weekend, so much, quest- so, so many questions, so much going on, even without the games, uh, of course. So, man, this is, uh, it's, it's weird. You know, we're in the middle of a football season and now we're going on two weeks. And look, it's not like, Florida hasn't, we, we kind of haven't seen this kind of before. I mean, you go back and hurricane games and all that kind of stuff, the games get canceled out of the blue because of the hurricanes and that, that those type of things happen. But with COVID and the coronavirus and all that stuff coming in, we knew this was probably going to be a likely scenario at some point. You know, Florida wasn't the first SEC team. Uh, you know, Missouri and Vanderbilt had their game canceled, and then Florida LSU uh, have their game canceled. And we'll see uh, what ends up happening. But, uh, yeah, there's so much going on. But I figured it was a good opportunity to get caught up with you uh, listeners there. And uh, let's um, – you know, have, have a talk right here on YouTube. So you can send your questions, send your thoughts. So we'll go back and forth um, and, and kind of, you know, just break down a little bit uh, your guys' thoughts, uh, my guys' thoughts of uh, what's going on out there. It can be football related. We can talk a little recruiting. Uh, somebody else has already sent a, a question there. I'll, I'll get to that about recruiting. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll go with that. But mostly just, you know, football, what's going on with the football team. Uh, right now, uh, we did get to talk to Dan Mullen today uh, on what this Wednesday for an SEC teleconference, and uh, he, so it was kind of questioning, um, you know, if he would be on there because of everything going on. But luckily, he was. So he did get to talk to the media there. They made the decision last Monday when you know when word started kind of creeping out. You know, everything kind of came out last Tuesday, but they made the decision last Monday to shut down everything for 14 days. So there you go. That's pretty much. Uh, I think they kind of knew maybe how widespread it, it was going to be uh, with the, the the test coming back Sunday and Monday. Uh, so I do think uh, they had a pretty good inclination that uh, there were going to be some issues there uh, for, um, for 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 the Gators and, and, and bringing all that together. So two weeks, and we'll, we'll get into that. I know there's going to be some questions uh, about that. How maybe how that affects Florida. You know, we'll have an episode about that next week as well <laughs> when the uh, team hits hits the field uh, again next Monday uh, there. But before we move forward, uh, of course, everybody, first of all, if you're right here on the YouTube, thanks for hopping on. Thanks for uh, getting here. You know, I, I'll put your questions in the comment section or, or, or the chat section of YouTube. Uh, I'll be able to get to them, and uh, we'll go from there and uh, talking talk Gators here. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, a, a good discussion and, and – um, Maybe not ruffle too many feathers. <laughs> and we'll look at it that way. Reminder, before we move forward, you can get your Gators Breakdown merchandise at ebay.com slash str slash Gators Breakdown. 
That's ebay.com slash str slash Gators Breakdown to get your Gators Breakdown merchandise. Remember, you can find Gators Breakdown on news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. You'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes there, as well as News 4 Jacks coverage of the Gators. Please share, rate, and review the show on YouTube. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. It really helps us out here on Gators Breakdown. Or if you just want the audio version, if you're just checking out the audio version, you can check us out on your favorite podcast platform and follow Gators Breakdown on social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. So let's get to some of these questions here and let me scroll back up to the top and let's see where we're going uh, first with this, like I said, this will be I'm kind of by, flying by the seat of my pants here. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go there and uh, uh, have the conversation. David Soderquist, man, yeah, thanks for uh, hopping on. Uh, he says, I'm worried these bye weeks will actually hurt us more than help us with not being able to practice till game week. Yeah, I brought that up uh, kind of last week, you know, Will and I. We, we talked before, right before the episode. We, we kind of brushed on it a little bit, too. I mean... Yeah, to me, this can go one of two ways for Florida. I think they could either rally around it, because um, you still everything still the everything is there to still play for, especially after Georgia and Alabama this, this past week. You're you're still even footing with Georgia right now. Uh, there's still everything to play for for this Gators team, and but don't get me wrong, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. You know, you're going two weeks without uh, taking practice trips, two weeks without being with, with you know, you're not being around your teammates two weeks after a loss, <laughs> you know the first the best first thing you want to do uh, when you take a loss is get back out there on the field and see if you can rectify that loss. And you know Gators lost their last game uh, to Texas A&M, and Florida needed to make some changes um, on the defensive side of the ball as far as scheming and personnel and who's out there and and what Todd Grantham's doing. And here we are now. Now you get to one positive is they do get to look at a whole lot of film uh, in, in this time, but you still have got to apply what you see in the film the last couple of weeks, and you can't apply that right now. And now you can go, you can have Zoom meetings with the players, or the coaches, and the players are having Zoom meetings. They are communicating. It's not like that, but there's no physical activity whatsoever except for workout plans. Nick Savage has sent them, and you don't you. You can't make them do it. <laughs> How do you know if they're doing it or not? It's not like the you have 24 hours surveillance on these surveillance on these players and, and making them work out. And right, right, but right now the most important thing is on the field practice reps, and that's what Florida's not getting right now. So, like I said, it can go one of two ways. I think uh, to be honest, I, I think the Missouri game is going to be tough, not because Missouri is a really good football team, and we'll get a whole lot better read on them. But uh, you know, good win, good win for them versus uh, LSU a couple weeks ago. Uh, but, you know, with Florida not on the field for two weeks, uh, I, the, the offense could come out a bit rusty. And like I said, if you're going to implement some of these changes on defense that we think we're going to see personnel-wise and scheme-wise, you got to figure that out in a short window. And they, they say Monday, this coming up Monday, will be when they get all, uh, all together. But it's not going to be everybody. I don't think all the staff will be out there. I don't think every player who's tested positive will be out there on the field Monday. They're going to gradually have to come back from whenever they tested positive. So you're not even going to have a full team when you hit the practice field on Monday. So this could be a short window for some of these players out there. And you know, if you believe, uh, you know, in some of the personnel changes, some of the personnel changes may have to be done or, or, or may happen anyway because there's not going to be certain players available. So you know, we'll see where it goes. Uh, but uh, I think, Dave, yeah, man, I, I kind of said the, the, these bye weeks having two of them, look, these are not traditional bye weeks. And, and Mullen even said that today in the, in the teleconference. You have three, during a bye week, a normal traditional bye week of a regular football season, you still have three practices a week. Florida hasn't been on the practice field since last Monday. So there you go. I mean, <laughs> I can see the thought, believe me, of you know, this hurting Florida more than it helps. And it's a catch-22. Yeah, you get a lot of film. Yeah, you got a lot of film to watch and, and figure out what you want to do there, but you still got to apply all that stuff. And that's where that's, that's where it can get a little tricky. A uh, little, little, little tricky there. Uh, bu- 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 Dave here, too. Says, do you think Kyrie Campbell actually comes back for the Missouri game this time, or is it all smoke again? Um, I mean, the last game for Texas A&M, it was, I think, 50-50 at best. Um, and... It was uh, 
last I had heard for the LSU game before it had got postponed was he was ready to go and that he would be out on the field. So I think he's there. Uh, I think it helps Florida. And I'll get into some more questions because so, I'm sure uh, we'll get into kind of some more defense stuff. But as I said uh, before, I don't think Kyrie Campbell's a special player, but he's a good enough player to help you there. And he helps all your good players get in their more natural positions and uh, helps everybody else. Helps everybody else out there. Um, there. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, and scroll all the way to the bottom. So here we go. Uh, bup, bup, bup. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Da, da, da. Uh, Gator Country 94 says, hope the defense will be better after this break. And yeah, I mean, that kind of goes to the whole, whole big picture thing of what you think about um, this, this break, <laughs> as I said, and you got the meetings, you, and you know Todd Grantham can sit there, and and and, and Christian Robinson, and and all, all the defensive staff, all the defensive coaches. As as I said before, you know I kind of want to go back to this. When it looks this bad, now look, it ultimately falls on the coaches. It ultimately always falls back on the coaches. But when it looks this bad, you can point it to the coaches, and you and you can point it to the players. And Juwan Taylor, who was you know a, a former Gator defensive back, uh, this is his first year not playing for Florida. He's played under this Todd Grantham defense uh, the last couple of years. And I'll, I'll give a shout out to Nick Taylor and uh, Andrew Spivey for Gator Country for having him being on their podcast. And uh, one big complaint for this Gator defense was why are the DBs playing so far off? Why are the DBs not up on the wide receivers? And he said that's on the players. They are in the scheme. When it's third and six and the DBs are playing eight yards off, he says, that's the player problem. They know they have to know where the sticks are and they have to know to play up in those situations. And the players aren't doing that. And, you know, but my thing is if there's the same players out there and they are the ones messing up and they are the ones who can't line up right, put them on the bench. And, uh, you know, there's the thought, well, who are you going to replace them with and all that kind of stuff? Well, you know, that, that that maybe is part of the problem as well. Uh, we, we, we've lauded this defensive recruiting to a bit, uh, but they are short in some areas. And it, honestly, look, right now it doesn't matter who you put there at safety. They, Florida has issues. Um, does Donovan Steiner or, or, or Trey Dean or Rashad Torrance or Brad Stewart, now that he's back, whoever's out there, the, the – it doesn't. It hasn't made that much of an issue or a, a factor. Who's out there? They're giving up big plays and they can't tackle. Uh, so, who you gonna replace somebody with? And I know you know everybody. Marco Wilson had the terrible game last has last game. And you want to replace him with some young players? And look, that that could happen. You know, I think you you will see more Travis Johnson uh, out there out there in the nickel star position. You will see uh, other players in that defensive backfield. Young players, uh, I think, get a shot coming up, especially after these last two weeks now. Of uh, being able to identify who can go out there and, and make more plays. So, I mean, it's uh, it's a uh, uh, Florida has some players they can they can put out there and and, and go back to, but it, it is it is a, a a funny a funny way of looking at just because somebody's messed up, you know, you want to take them out. But the question is, who you're gonna who you're gonna replace them with? And I know there's this big thought out there of the youth movement and getting younger players out there, and I get it, uh, I, I really do. But you know, there's some accountability issues that you know behind the scenes that some guys, some of those guys have to live up to their billing and and be at meetings on time and and be found when it's their turn in practice and not playing around and, and not being able to ready ready to go for their reps. So there's little things like that. Um, that go a long way, but yeah, there's gonna have to be some players who get more of a chance to go to, to go play now, and maybe even more in their more natural positions. You know, Mamoudi Abate to me, that Bernie to a point too, they're not linebackers, and Florida's tried to force them there at that linebacker position, and it's not working. Mamoudi Abate is a speed rusher. Amari Bernie, I, I don't know. I mean. I don't know if he can play linebacker or, or not. I don't know if he's a safety. I don't know if he's a nickelback. I mean, he might be one of those true, true tweeners that you just don't know where to put him. And that, that, that's a problem. This is his third year in this Todd Grantham defense, and it seems to me they're still trying to f- – they're still having issues of where they can put him to have some success. And to me, he had a pretty good freshman season when they, they moved him around and uh, he had spots at linebacker. He had spots at safety. He had spots at nickel. They didn't necessarily try to work him into one position. 
and he showed flashes uh, his freshman year. So uh, I do wonder, and I think the biggest question for this defense is, you know, and go back to our episode, not this past Monday, but the Monday before that is, well, just why does it seem like it's, it's, it's in year three and the defense is getting worse? And there's enough players who've played a lot of snaps in this defense where you don't have this big, gigantic drop-off that we're seeing. And that, that's, that's an issue. That's a problem. You shouldn't I – mean, I can understand – to a point of getting worse, it, it happens, but not the big gigantic fall off that, that we've seen this year. That's the worrisome part, and I think some of it. I'm I'm tired of the COVID excuse and all that. I think that can lend itself to a game or two, but not in game three against Texas A&M, and you still look like you can't cover a, a deep ball or you can't tackle or whatever. So. Uh, I think there was a little bit of an excuse for some defenses and, and a lot of defenses out there of why some defenses are, are, are behind the curve, especially compared to offense. But Gator Country, you, you, uh, going back to your point, hope the defense will be better after the break. Hopefully they've identified something. As I said, my worry now is the physicality that they've missed the last two weeks when tackling has been an issue. So there we go. Uh, let's see. Neil Evan, what are you feeling about Anthony Trish at Pro Football Focus? Man, what a what – a, uh, what a hill he's dying on there, trying to uh, put out there that uh, Kyle Trask isn't all he's cracked up to be. Whatever, man. <laughs> I probably kind of went a little overboard on Twitter a bit uh, with that. But, uh, it, yeah, I, I don't get it. Um, you know, Trask, for, for what he's done uh, for Florida and Florida football and his Florida offense, I mean, let's go out there and look at. I mean, look, I've retweeted a whole bunch of our, our good friend SEC Stat Cat of you know a lot of stats that he comes up with as far as and look, I'm a numbers guy. You guys know that, but it's got to be in context. It's got to make sense. And for the 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 and I refuse to read the, the last article because Treesh just just really decided that he's got he's got a hill to die on that he's not going to give Trask a whole lot of credit for. And then he he, he tweets a video of. Trask finding open receivers, throwing the ball on time, making good throws, making good decisions to kind of back up his point. I'm sorry. I mean, you point, you put out a video that shows Trask doing what he's supposed to be doing and, and completing passes and finding the right guy on time and putting it in stride where the receiver or the running back out of the backfield can make a play. I don't know the point he's trying to make. <laughs> I don't get it. So, I mean, is it that is it that Kyle Trask is an elite? Uh, okay. I, I mean, stats say he is right now. So, we'll see. I mean, uh, look, we, we back, go back to this past week. Are there things we want to see this offense better at? Sure. But it's nitpicking. And uh, to go, to go and, and keep, you know, basically trashing Trask uh, for clicks, basically, I think it's what it boils down to. And you guys know I, I'm not that type. I, I don't. Uh, I speak my mind, and, and I mean what I say, but it's not ever going to be to the point of trying to get get attention or gain attention uh, just for the sake of making you listen to, to the podcast for clicks or anything. Not me. Not how I do things. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. It is. What, I mean, I don't expect everybody to, to agree. And, you know, maybe if Kyle Trask isn't uh, one of the SEC's best quarterbacks, nation's best quarterback. But if you're going to argue, at least make your, make your criticism um, make sense and – that one doesn't. So there we go. I won't, uh, I'll, I'll move on for that one. Uh, Adrian Raps. Here we go. Good question. Here we go. Here we go. Um, should we replace Grantham or let him stay next season? I'll get into that more next week. It is a topic I want to say for next week because um, I think Florida's going to hit the, the, you know, this is right now with what's going on with COVID and everything. There's a reset button uh, that needs to be hit. I do think an ultimatum needs to be made from Dan Mullen to Ty Grantham. Hey, look, something has to change. It cannot look like this. We have this offense. <laughs> it's a team game. And look, Dan Mullen's ultimately responsible for this too because he's the head coach. But, you know, you sit Ty Grantham down and it's like, hey, we have this offense. It's scoring points. We need the ball more. And something has to change. So I think there's a meeting of the minds and hopefully that has taken place or it's taken place. Uh, the, the last couple of weeks, but hey, you know, change. You got to change something. You know, I, I'll give you a chance as long as you're willing to change and, and, and try some different things. If you're going to die on your hill, if you're going to die uh, by the way of you just doing it the way you want to and nothing changes, well, then you can go find another place to work. I'll give you, but, but, you know, to, to me, you always give somebody a chance to change. 
or before you make any kind of move like this in college football. Um, and look, the defense hasn't been horrible the, the first two years. Now, has it had bad spots and taken advantage of some pretty bad quarterback play? Yeah. And but that's part of doing what you're supposed to do. Uh, but there was no excuse for the LSU game at times last year and the Georgia game the last two years and, and all that. And you needed to take this defense needed to take a step uh, in, in year three. And there's no excuse for what we've seen this year. So I do think there is an ultimatum that needs. To, and I'm not sure it happens. Um, I, I, should we replace Grantham? If, if if nothing changes by the end of this year, yes. Uh, I do think you give him a chance to change things. You give him a chance to make some personnel changes. You give him these two weeks that we've had now to learn something, to take something and and, and, and whatever he's learned the last two weeks and, and change it. You give him a chance to change it to make it better. And if, if but this way, you got you got to exhaust all options at this point, just to kind of see. And I'm afraid that it, if it looks as bad as it looks these these first three games, I don't think you have a choice. I, I think something has to be done. Um, but I, I'm not so sure it will be done. Um, so something has to change to get better, to make him stick around for, for another year. I know a lot of Gator fans don't want him around. Uh, didn't want him in the first place, honestly. And we'll get into more next week where we can have some more uh, meeting of the minds there. But to kind of, uh, Adrian Raps, to kind of go to your question there, should we replace Grantham uh, with, I mean, this way, I'll, I'll put it right here. No for now, because doing it in the middle of the season does nothing whatsoever. Um, it's not going to happen in the middle of the season. So that, that's one reason I lean kind of where I lean. And it, it, it's probably changing my mind a little bit because I know what's not going to happen right now. Now, at the end of the season, if it doesn't get any better, then to me, you have to make a move. You, you, you have to. But I, I ultimately don't know if it will or not. So let's go, let's go, let's go. Uh, George says, yeah, oh, uh, oh, dear Lord, please hire a better defensive coordinator. Um, let's see. Be ready. let's go here. He says, do you think we'll be able to replicate what Alabama did to Georgia through the air? Watching that game gave me hopes for Georgia-Florida game this year. Be ready. The best thing I can really tell you is go listen to the last episode of Gators Breakdown. <laughs> so we discussed that at length, uh, Will Miles and I. And uh, I'll rehash it a little bit just in case you guys out there didn't really get to listen to that episode. Uh, do I think? No, I don't. And I, But that also doesn't mean Florida can't have success versus Georgia. Uh, it's a, first of all, it's two different kind of offenses. Uh, and Florida doesn't have those, those weapons at receivers. Waddle, Smith. Now, they don't have a Kyle Pitts either. So that's what I'm saying. There's some different offenses here, some different philosophies, some different scheming going on, of course. Mullen doesn't throw, even in his offense and even transitioning to this passing offense that he has now, it's not a you know, push it down the field type of offense. It's just not. It is a, they use their receivers, their outside receivers, to push, to push uh, defenders down the field and then get the ball underneath to guy, break a tackle, go make some plays. And that's kind of what this – it's more of an east-west offense in the, toward the middle of the field. Uh, and and uh, the chances are there. And I do think watching what Alabama did, you try and incorporate some of that. Absolutely, I think you do. But the type of receivers Florida has right now, you know, Grimes, Shorter, e- even what Tony can do is not necessarily what Waddle and, and, and Smith do for Alabama. Even Tony's kind of a different type of receiver than those guys. And I really think, you know, with Pitts and Tony, you could do a lot of good things versus that Georgia defense. So it's, it's just not the same of what you're going to see, what Alabama did. It's just because, uh, I, I mean, and, we, and like I said, go back and listen to the last episode against a similar defense in Texas A&M and stuff. Florida couldn't blow the top off. Florida scored a lot of points versus Texas A&M. So that's why I'm saying I think they can have success. But they didn't score a lot of points the way Alabama did in these big passes down the field and hitting a, hitting a wide receiver deep. And that wide receiver either behind the coverage already or breaking one tackle already with a deep pass and, and, and making a score out of it. So it's different type of offenses. I still think Florida can have some success versus Georgia. but you, And we'll go back to the point we made. Florida's going to have to run the ball. The reason it worked for Alabama a bit is because they can run the ball as well. They have a better offensive line. They have a better stable of running backs, I believe. Uh, they're at Alabama recruiting matters. It showed up uh, again Saturday. You had the top teams out there. Um, and the, the, the talent's a little 
even overall, but you have a difference of talent at quarterback for Alabama over Georgia. You have a difference of talent at offensive line. I think right now, yeah, Georgia has recruited really well. I still think Alabama will be a little bit more experienced this year. Uh, overall talent playing together, I think. So I think they're the better re- receiver talent at Alabama. So to me, I think Georgia probably has better overall talent on the defensive side of the ball. Alabama has better overall talent on the offensive side of the ball, especially when you factor in quarterback. That was a difference in the game. And it's a quarterback. It's an offense game right now. It's that way in college football. It's that way in the NFL. That was your difference Saturday night. Florida's going to have the better quarterback. Florida's going to have the better stable of receivers when they play Georgia. So that's why I think there's still a chance. Florida plays pretty good now. How did he's, And I'm going to go back to it a lot. These two weeks that we are, are looking at right now, um, you know, well, how does that affect Florida? How does that affect how the how in sync the offense is? So you know, Florida coming back and and, and getting in in uh, better shape uh, for Missouri and Georgia coming up uh, is it's imperative. You know, Florida takes these next couple of weeks uh, pretty important to get ready, get ready, get ready <laughs> for, for for that Georgia game. So, uh, guys, yeah, before we move on, you know, ever since I started Gators Breakdown, people have been asking me who's going to win and a lot of the time what team they should bet on. Well, the best piece of advice is where you're betting, just as important as who you're betting on. And it's why I always tell people to visit my bookie. They've got deposit matches, free bets, and huge cash prizes for you to take advantage of all season long. NFL action, check. College football, check. Plus, they have mobile-friendly website and top-of-the-line customer service, making their platform a one-stop shop for all your betting needs. And the best part is, my bu- my bookie has hooked us up with promo code GATERS, which gives you a free $20 wager to get some skin in the game. It's low-risk, high-reward, which makes this offer a no-brainer. That's a free $20 bet to use on anything in the sportsbook, and it's completely on the house. You can't beat free, and you certainly cannot beat free money. Sign up at MyBookie today and use promo code GATERS to claim your deposit bonus. Stack UFC cards, presidential prop bets, good times await. Sign up today to begin your winning season only at MyBookie. All right, here we go. Let's get back to these questions. And hardwired hardwired to self-destruction. Dan, thanks for hopping in on here. I know you're always watching, always watching. Uh, is Dan Quinn snatched up yet? <laughs> it's a, uh, no, he's not. But uh, of course, uh, we'll have to wait till a move is made for sure. Um, Eric Green it says, "Do you think some of the young middle? Uh, do you think they play some of the young middle linebackers?" Uh, I, I do. Um, I, I don't think you have much of a choice at, <laughs> at this point. Uh, there were some of the young players I said that had to grow up off the field uh, in the last few weeks. And, you know, we, we expect Derek Wingo to be a leader at, at some point and, and get on the field. There you go. Tyron Hopper, uh, another one that uh, we've heard some good things about, you know, but, you know, highly rated linebackers you expect to be on the field at a position you're struggling at right now. I think Ventro Miller's fine. Um, I think he doesn't get a lot of help from the defensive front. And I'm not sure he's that type of linebacker that, you know, can go in there and put his head in there over and over and over again without some – you know, it's a lot of back. A lot of linebackers are, are that way. They need some help uh, up front, especially in this Todd Grantham defense and, and the way it goes. You're playing down numbers uh, a bit. You're outnumbered uh, from the offense to the defensive front. And I mean, some of that's a lot of you know, scheming issues from from Todd Grantham. Of for whatever reason, you put your defense out of advan- at, at a disadvantage of being uh, uh, outnumbered uh, from the offense. So you know, and then. I do kind of get back to your point here. I, I do want to see some of these young linebackers out there and see and see what they can do. Uh, James Houston, you know, will probably get some more playing time as well. He didn't play the Texas A&M game. Um, didn't play a lot the first game either, I, I believe. So that's why you saw a whole lot of a lot, uh, Amari Bernie and, and Mamu Diabate there. But, you know, I want to see Wingo and Hopper just to get Diabate more on the edge. And a lot of the defense, that's 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 a lot of the issue is you got so many guys playing out of position because you decided to play a lot of guys out of position to begin with, uh, if that makes sense. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you Bernie out there, Diabate out there at linebacker, they're I mean, for whatever reason, you decided to put them there and not, you know, for Diabate at least, you know, reduce his chances at at rushing the passer. So it goes back to Kyrie Campbell and getting him back and the importance of getting him back 
is it really helps this defense overall plays guys where they need to play him. Play Kyrie in the middle. Slide Zachary Carter over, let him play some more defensive end. Let Jeremiah Moon, let uh, Britton Cox stand up and be that edge rusher that they're better at being than their hand in the dirt. So, I mean, it, 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 uh, it's a chain reaction in getting Kyrie Campbell back. Like I said, it's not that he's some, you know, really highly rated player and going to go in all SEC or anything like that, but he's good enough um, to make plays, and he's good enough to help guys So, uh, here we go. Paul and Kathy Hewitt, big shout out to Mayor and the Harmonic Woods tailgate crew. Miss you guys. Absolutely, absolutely. Ready to get back together and then do some tailgating with the uh, Harmonic Woods group, of course. Here we go. Florida Gators Nation says Missouri always blows us out of water. Yeah, I mean, Florida got a win last year uh, versus Missouri. So, um, I mean, yeah, maybe it's it's turn, their turn to, to win and everything's kind of setting up for uh, Missouri to, to kind of come in here and surprise uh, the Gators with all this COVID stuff going on. And that kind of goes to, to the next part here from Keith Carlo. What happens if U.S. has another outbreak and then you can hang the season up? Uh, probably so. Uh, or you just play a lot less games. Uh, if Florida gets hit again, look, and let's go through this. Yeah. This weekend's game versus Missouri has been pushed back to Halloween, to October 31st. That was supposed to be your bye week. And you're having these last two bye weeks because the LSU game is already moved to the bye week they had at the end of the year for every team in the SEC to December 12th. Florida has no more schedule flexibility. It's exhausted right now. There's no more schedule flexibility for Florida. So the only other option is if there's another outbreak, and if there's another outbreak on another team that's on Florida's, that's on Florida's schedule the rest of the way, then you're probably going to play less games. You're probably not going to play 10 games this year. They're not going to move the SEC championship game back, I, I don't think, unless the college football playoff uh, decides to move their date back and, and give these uh, a break. But, I mean, yeah, if there's another outbreak at Florida or another big outbreak somewhere in the SEC, especially if to a team that Florida has to play, then uh, I don't necessarily, I won't say hang it up yet, but I will say you're not getting 10 games in. So right now, Florida's still scheduled to get these 10 games in, but if something else happens, you can kind of forget about uh, playing all these 10 games. Here we go. Uh, Grayland Person, I'll answer this. I, I won't answer a whole lot of, you know, who do I want for defensive coordinator, all that kind of stuff, until something happens. To me, there's no sense in talking about it until really there's something happened. But this one here uh, with this, you know, if, if Gus Mazan gets fired, do you think we can get Kevin Steele? Two things about that. Gus Mazan has a $20 million buyout. He's not getting fired. <laughs> I don't think it happens. Um, so uh, I think that's the biggest issue, biggest problem uh, with looking at Kevin Steele. I th- he, he would be at the top of my list if I'm looking for a defensive coordinator. Um, so, you know, maybe he sees writing on the wall and wants to get out if something happens at Florida and you, know, you have a conversation. But right now with COVID and these universities with, you know, you play in 10 games, um, Everything that's going on in college football, college sports right now, you're at a deficit. You know, you're not making as much money this year. Every program is operating on a deficit this year. I don't think many coaches are getting fired unless you just absolutely have to. And with twenty million dollars, how are you gonna how are you gonna pass that through to to donors who themselves are probably even hurting for money? Now look, some big gigantic donor could come along the way and be like, Okay, well, we gotta make a move. But, like, you know, everybody talks about Will Muschamp, and if he gets fired from South Carolina, would he be a defensive coordinator? Or if Gus Malzahn gets fired, do you think Florida could get Kevin Steele or something like that? I don't see many coaching changes happening. Even Derek Mason at Vanderbilt, I, I just don't know. I don't remember how much his buyout is. I mean, Muschamp's is $13 million, so I don't see a much much of a move there. And Gus Malzahn, I believe, is $20 million. So, I mean, I, I just I don't, I don't see a lot of movement in the in the college coaching rankings <laughs> this offseason. So um, may not be a whole lot of shuffling moving around with, with, with coaches uh, just coming up here. Let's see. Florida Gators Nation uh, says if Marco Wilson's out there, I'll be mad. He's going to be out there. <laughs> Sorry. He's gonna, uh, I think the coaching staff still going to put him out there. Now maybe 
more outside than inside. Um, but you know, he's, he he's struggled pretty much all, all, all season, but, uh, um, he, I know he stood up to the team, I guess it would have been last Sunday or Monday, uh, apologize for his play, uh, all that stuff. But you still got to go out there and prove it, uh, of course. So, um, he's going to play, he's still going to play. He's still going to be a major player in this defense. Uh, I think moving forward. Um, so we'll see where it goes from there. You know, as I said, you got other players, Jaden Hill, Chester Kimbrough out there. I think we will see a lot more of uh, in the secondary. Uh, but I still think you'll see a good bit of Marco Wilson out there as well. Uh, Keith Carlo, no way Quinn will be at UF. I completely agree. Most of those guys, when they go back, especially if you're a head coach uh, and go to the NFL, when you were a successful coordinator in the NFL before you got that job, he went from Florida to Seattle to then the head coaching job at, at, uh, in Atlanta. It, uh, he's going to he's gonna be a coordinator in the NFL again next year. So um, let's see. Let's see. A lot of uh, Marco Wilson comments there. Quentin Lee, here we go. Um, do you think the changes on defense will help, or do you think it's completely broken and have to start over, build, uh, start over building the defense? Hmm, that's a good question, Quentin. Um I do think the changes help in some, first of all, the most important one, and it's not even a change, is getting Kyrie Campbell back. Now, if that doesn't happen, I still, there's not much you can do in the trenches at that point. (laughs) Unless you expect Gervin Dexter to take a big step and and that, and and you have him and Slayton, but those guys will be in, those guys will end up playing a whole lot of snaps. So those are the two guys that you got to rely on time and time and time and time again. You may have some good first halves, but by the time, especially against a team like Georgia or, or Kentucky or Tennessee who wants to run the ball. Now, I'm not saying Florida's not better than those teams. I'm just saying style of play. They're going to run it. You know, they're they're going to see Florida's issues so far this season, and they're going to make Florida beat them uh, on the ground. I think they're going to, they're going to man up and try and run the ball down Florida's throat. And Florida may have some success if, you know, Gervin Dexter takes another step and, and Slayton's still out there. You know, you may have some success, but by the time third quarter, fourth quarter rolls around, where are those guys at if they're having to play snap after snap after snap? So, you know, Campbell is a good depth piece as well to, to help Dexter, who's a young guy and still adjusting to the college game, uh, get out there and not have to play as many snaps. And when he is out there. He's a monster out there because he's not – uh, having to be out there play after play after play. So I think if you could get a good three-man rotation between Slayton, Campbell, and Dexter, then that's one change that you, you just kind of fall into because Campbell's coming back and, and he's out there and, and it helps your defense. Um, the changes in, in, in the secondary, I, I think you just have to make. Uh, that safety, I just, it's a loss cause. I mean, I don't know what – you're not putting a new piece back there. You know, Sean Davis and, and Donovan Steiner and uh, – Brad Stewart, whether he shifts from safety to to, to nickel, uh, I mean it's just it is what it is at this point. And you know, Rashad Torrance will get some probably some more playing time. I know the coaching staff was kind of high on him uh, at one point, so we'll, we'll kind of see there. But I mean, the secondary is kind of you know, is still or the uh, yeah secondary, but particularly safety is is still the worry. Is because I don't know those guys have played a lot and it still hasn't getting gotten better. And there's really Look, I mean, that's four guys right there you're you're talking about, and it's e. So I, I don't know what you do at safety. So the biggest thing for there is you know what the changes that you make up front have to help those guys on the back end. You have to get more pressure. You have to 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 help those guys. You know, and, and Kyrie Elam, I'd say you know looking at him, pretty average. Has played average. I know he's not living up to what we thought he would be this year, but he's not he's not playing out there terrible. Um, Jay's doing a better job than than Marco, and you know um, I've been impressed with what I've seen from from Jayon Hill early. So I, hopefully he gets some more playing time uh, there there at corner. So I do think there's ways to get better, but also uh, you, going to your next point, do I think it's completely broken? I don't think it's completely broken. I, I do think these changes will help. Now I don't know it, it's. From the issues that we see, Florida's not going to be a great defense at, at all this year. You may have a great game, and hopefully that's you know when you play Georgia, you ha- go out there and have a great game. But that can, can completely see the very next week you go play against Arkansas, 
<laughs> and lay an egg and you maybe you still win that game, but it's kind of what we've seen these first three games. It's not going to be a complete fix at any point this year. Um, so now I think where you say, is it completely broken and have to start, start over building the defense? Um, no, and that's kind of a weird question in a way because I think Florida had to rebuild the trenches after Sanceri left. You know, the, the Florida defensive tackle recruiting was terrible. Late Jim McElwain, early Dan Mullen, it was bad. And that's one reason they're in the situation they're in right now. Another reason is because Campbell's not playing and Conliff had to retire uh, medically. So unfortunate situations there. But Florida didn't do a good job recruiting there either uh, at defensive tackle. So you got some guys have got to come along uh, pretty quick. You know, you, Lamar Goods and, 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 and those, those players, they've got to step up. And, you know, we, look, let me, let me see if I can pull it up here. And I'll, I'll kind of go through – you know, the defensive depth chart as far as, you know, defensive tackle goes. And, you know, Slayton, Campbell, Dunlap. I mean, the only one that you can count on that right now is Slayton. And then you have to go all the way. There's two classes there that don't even count for anything. Guys that will graduate in 2021 and 2022, there's none. Then you have to go to Jalen Humphreys, Gervin Dexter, Lamar Goods, Jalen Lee. I mean, there's a big gap there between Slayton, Campbell, Dunlap, and then from Humphreys, Dexter, Good to Lee. You go from seniors to sophomores, redshirt, redshirt uh, freshmen, and freshmen, true freshmen. So, I mean, it's you got Christopher Thomas, Desmond Watson on the way. Desmond Watson, I mean, hopefully he lives up to the billing because hopefully you can insert him there at uh, defensive tackle there. But there was you know, two years there, two cycles there for defensive tackle recruiting was absolutely terrible. So, Florida's kind of already started rebuilding the defense just by getting defensive tackles <laughs> in the last couple of classes because you, I mean, you absolutely needed them. Um, so I, I don't know. Safety, something's got to happen there. Uh, that position grouping, that and linebacker, are really surprising that they just haven't taken steps. And I mean, maybe we miss David Reese a lot more than I ever thought we would. And don't get me wrong, I was a big David Reese fan and I love what he brought to the team. But what progression have we seen from linebacker and what progression have we seen in safety? We haven't. Those two positions have gotten worse. And, I mean, Houston, Miller, Brunson, Bernie, I mean, you know, uh, Miller, about the only one that you can hang your hat on. And then Hopper, Pierre, Wingo, we were just kind of waiting for those guys to emerge. Uh, so, but not a, lot, not a lot of experience uh, there but behind you know, Houston and Miller. Uh, so, you know, we'll see where that goes. But then, you know, Dean Davis, Steiner, Brad Stewart haven't done much at safety. Uh, I guess the question would be Travis Johnson, who played a lot of safety in high school. He's really, to me, showing out really good at nickel. Is he somebody you have to go back to and shift back to safety because he has? And look, I was a big fan of all this versatility that Todd Grantham was bringing in and Christian Robinson. And, and you know, they're recruiting and bringing in so many versatile pieces on this defense. That hasn't worked out. I mean, maybe – here you go, Quentin. Maybe, maybe to your point here, man, having to start over building a defense, maybe you go out and recruit true position players. You go out and recruit true linebackers, guys that you know that will play linebacker. You don't have to play nickelback. They don't have to play rush in. They, they are there to play linebacker. You don't recruit guys who can play safety and or nickel. You go get a guy that you know will play nickel, and you go out there and get a guy that you know will play safety and a guy that you know or will play outside or maybe all this oh we can play him at Russian we can play him at Buck or we have slide him inside if he can't I mean maybe that maybe that's the biggest thing I think where maybe you can start over on, on defense you don't have to start over so much because you got a lot of good pieces already but maybe you look at different maybe you look at it different in how you recruit these guys and maybe you go out there and recruit guys who are just pure position fitters and sprinkle in some of the versatile guys so you have some depth if, if something happens. But maybe you recruit more true position guys. Maybe that's maybe that's probably where I'd start uh, in, in rebuilding or, or, or retooling. There we go. Let's go. Let's go retooling the defense instead of completely rebuilding. <laughs> if, if 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 that makes you feel better. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Here we go. Um, do 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 do. Uh, uh, Cameron Martin, let's let's Tennessee for a second. Does the game look much easier now? Um, 
Yeah, because what are they doing at quarterback? I mean, that's uh, wow. They 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 are so hung on Garantano for some reason. They're afraid to move on from Garantano for some reason. Maybe that's an indictment to the other quarterbacks there. But I mean, I didn't think they looked too bad versus Georgia a couple of weeks ago. Um, but then to come out and look like what they did versus Kentucky, and don't get me wrong, it was a lot of Tennessee doing things wrong and not doing things right in that game. You know, two pick sixes and, and, and turnovers all over the place. Uh, you know, Kentucky really benefited from, a, a, from Tennessee playing really bad, but that was terrible. And from what we've seen the last two years, I mean, but honestly, in a way, what we saw last week versus with, with Tennessee and Kentucky looked a whole lot like Tennessee two years ago. Uh, when, when, when Florida went up there and, and, and beat uh, Jeremy Pruitt in his first season up in Knoxville. But also, I mean, I just – I don't know what they point to. That offensive line that they were supposed to be, you know, filled with five stars and, and playing so well, they you know ranked like medium near to bottom of the SEC and a lot of important statistics that you would thought with that offensive line they'd be better as the quarterback's getting hit. They're not rushing for a whole lot of yards. Uh, so, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I thought they looked okay versus Georgia, but then they just put a stinker, uh, versus Kentucky this past week. So, um, does it look much easier? I'd still say about the same where I thought beginning of the season. Um, uh, but that game's toward the end of the year. We'll see where Florida's at, um, uh, at that point, you know, I'm going to hang my hat back again on these two weeks that Florida's missed. You know, if Florida somehow loses to Missouri, I'm not predicting that. But, you know, with, with everything going on, it's certainly possible. Then you go out there and beat Georgia or or, or lose to Georgia. Where, where does this Gator team at mentally? So by the time you get to that Tennessee game at the end of the season, you know, is Florida playing for a whole lot? I, I don't know. Uh, so I, I think that kind of, you know, can be where you look at uh, what's going on with this Florida team by the time they go and play Tennessee. Uh, let's see. Let's see. All right, let's get through some more of these. Uh, All right, sorry for the uh, dead air here. Trying to read at the same time is uh, is going through through these comments. It looked like I got got scrolling through a a big problem here. Uh, All right, sorry if I missed some. But I will be going through. Uh, I saw one, but I'm trying to get back to. I don't even know where I was at. Uh, so many comments now. <laughs> That's what happened here. Uh, no producer to, to to go along with this and, and put everything up here. So, uh, let's see, Quentin. Let's see. Do you think Grantham needs to simplify things for the players on defense? I think that needs to be the exact first thing. Uh, needs to happen. Even, even with the players that have played and struggled so far, I do think it can get a bit easier if they simplify the play calling uh, for this. The guys, they can't get lined up. And I don't know what that, that's another thing. This is year three in this defense. What in the world are guys doing out there that can't get lined up? Uh, I just, I don't get that part of it. Um, there's no excuse for it. These guys have played a lot. Uh, there were so many, well, I think 12 players who played at least 200 snaps or something like that on defense or the stat I had a couple weeks ago. I mean, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I just, uh, I, I don't know where they go from here. I don't know uh, where they go from here. Um, Matt Jones says, uh, is it possible? A lot of the players on defense just simply aren't putting the work in. Maybe they took things for granted. This can't all be on Grantham. I think that is very plausible. Uh, I do think that that, that is, is an issue as well. Um, and I think some guys on defense did take things for granted. And But at, at points two, there's there's still certain aspects we see on game day to, to throw some shade Grantham's way too. Like I said, to be this bad, what we're seeing for Florida, it has to be bad for personnel, scheme-wise, everything uh, it all has to be bad to be this bad there are simple fixes i think you can do that can go a long way and if this defense can get anywhere close to average i do think we can see you know uh, some improvement and at least get the get the get the offense to ball more that's really all this defense needs to do is get the offense to ball more uh 
So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where it goes from there. I am getting so lost in the comments here. So I will try and backtrack my way <laughs> through here um, and, and see uh, where we uh, go. In. SEC Gamer says, why are we playing so many McElwain guys on defense? It's time to see the guys uh, Mullen has brought in. I mean, that's part of it, too. I mean, these guys for, you know, toward, toward the tail end of McElwain that are playing now are necessarily – thought of as high-level high recruits. Uh, and the guys that Mullen has brought in, defensive recruiting, star-wise, has been pretty good. And But as I said, kind of just going back to the point I had, I think there are a lot of guys playing out of position and a lot of the young guys playing out of position. So, um, But like I said, I, I do think we see some movement here. I do think with these two weeks, that personnel will be a big factor in, in, in moving forward uh, the rest the rest of the season here. Uh, but... but, but uh, all right, let's see here. First of all, guys, thanks for sending them in. I'm glad I'm getting lost in the comments here because the uh, conversation's uh, going pretty good right now. Um, James Russell, here we go. How happy will you be just to watch the team back on the field? <sighs> Having a podcast, I'd be really happy. But as I said, the reason I've always started the podcast uh, for this is because I'm a fan first. I'm a Gator fan first. I, don't, I, I want people to know that. I don't shy away from it. I don't hide from it. I've always kind of considered myself a fair fan, a balanced fan. Um, but you know, if I'm I'm in the swamp on game days, uh, and if I'm not in the if I'm not in the press box, I'm in the stands, gator chomping and swaying back and forth and singing Tom Petty just like the rest of you. I, I would never hide the fact uh, that I am uh, a full fledged gator fan. But uh, I try and be uh, non biased as I can, uh, and I've even that before the podcast. It's one reason I wanted to start the podcast. So, but James, to your point, how happy will I see? Be I, I, I'll be ecstatic, man. Um, I love the game, <laughs> and I love watching college football. Even when Florida's not on, you guys can follow me on Twitter. I'm watching college football. I, I am a college football fanatic. It's it's Gators. Yeah, maybe get on the camera right here. It's Gators, and it's college football. And I, I'm a huge college football fan, but to, to watch that orange and blue running out of the tunnel, I, I'll be happy, man. And with everything that's going on, and I, I hope, the staff and the players, first of all, I hope they're all healthy. And Mullen did, did tell us that today, that you know the, the symptoms out there for, for everybody involved right now don't seem to be too bad uh, there. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, fatigue is part of it. We'll see how the team can bounce back uh, for that. But, yeah, you know, I'm glad that the first game's a home game uh, that, that's coming back when Florida and Missouri play uh, on the 31st. Uh, it, it's good that it's a home game, I think. You know, it gets the, gets the players back in the good graces of the swamp. And uh, you know we'll see that the seventeen, you know, the fifteen, seventeen thousand uh, there uh, be probably just as happy as I am. Uh, so yeah, we uh, I'll be happy just because uh, I love watching the Gators play. Hopefully they put a good performance out there. Hopefully we can all enjoy uh, a day of Gator football where the defense comes together and helps out the offense. And Florida goes out there. Uh, look, it's always funner. It's it's always more fun out there watching your team win, of, uh, of course. But I, I'll be happy, of course. And, and the, Beginning of the game, Florida's running out of that tunnel, and, and we see the offense on the field for the first time, whatever. Still be happy, joyous moments, and I'll be throwing my hat there. Never mind, I'll be in the press box. But uh, it still be, uh, you know, uh, inner, inner me will still be uh, grumbling a bit if, if the defense comes out there and doesn't look a whole lot better. So you know, we'll see, and understandable, everything that's happened the last couple of weeks as well. I know a lot of people don't want excuses at all. I think this may be one. Uh, but you know we'll see where it goes. As I said, this team can rally around it. This team can uh, get get behind it, and we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, but uh, I'll be happy. I'll definitely be happy when this uh, this Gator team uh, is back on the field. Uh, Michael Turk, what about Emory Jones? Is he going to be involved in the future? Uh, so a lot of people, if you don't know, it's, it's out there now uh, too much anyway. Um, he was injured. Uh, I guess I think the Ole Miss game, he was injured, uh, injured his hand or his wrist. He's been in a cast. He didn't travel to Texas A&M last week. Uh, so he, was, he he hasn't been playing because he's been injured, not because anything happening or, or, or anything like that. Um, but we'll see. Um, you know, I, 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 Slim, I think Kyle Trask comes back next year. Yeah, I think he's on his way to the NFL. I know there's a possibility. This is a free year for everybody. 
surprises have happened before, but Kyle Trask, I think, will be in the NFL uh, next year. So that leaves the job open uh, for Emory Jones to take over. And Dan Mullen just doesn't like to play a whole lot of young quarterbacks. Uh, so I don't know, even, you know, we hear some really great returns on Anthony Richardson. Put this way, if Anthony Richardson, if Anthony Richardson is your quarterback next year, that means he went out there and beat Emory Jones. And that means he put a lot of trust in his staff because you go and look at Dan Mullen's history. He doesn't play young quarterbacks unless he absolutely has to. And next year, if Emory Jones is still on the team and I don't see him transferring, there's no sense in transferring right now. You're the guy next year. This is your job to lose next year. But if he does lose it, and Anthony Richardson's the starting quarterback for the Gators next year, take that as a good sign. Don't take it as a bad sign. Take it as a good sign because that means Anthony Richardson went out there and proved it. It means Anthony Richardson went out there and week after week and throw after throw and play after play went and proved that he deserves to be the starting quarterback. Now, my prediction, Amber Jones will be the quarterback next year for, 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 for the Gators, and Florida will probably have a pretty really good option behind Amber Jones with Anthony Richardson. Um, but, you know, I, I still think he's involved in the future. I think when he's healthy, we'll see him on the field a bit. Uh, Will and I talked about that this past week. Uh, he still can open up the run game a bit. We talked about the struggles in the run game uh, on Monday. So, Michael, if you haven't listened to that episode, you can go back to that and see why we think Emory Jones is still an important part of this offense uh, moving forward when he's healthy. Uh, but I, I still think he's you know involved in the future here uh, for, for, for the Gators. So, yeah, I, I – I, it's a, it is interesting to talk about the quarterback position still, even with what we know to be really good this year and kind of project uh, for the rest of this season and, uh, and, and next season as well. But I think, uh, I, think, uh, I think he's in the plan. I do think he's in the plan. So, all right, let's see. About time to wrap this up. Uh, we've been going for about an hour now. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I can get a couple more in here. Maybe some quick hitters. Uh, all right. I will, if I miss your question, guys, I am absolutely sorry. It's a lot to keep up with by myself here <laughs> going through this. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us here or for joining me here for you know, this, this YouTube Q&A. I just thought about it last week. I want to give you guys out here on YouTube who join every week. Like I said, you see kind of how hard it is um, during a show, uh, kind of going and producing live at the same time with me and Will. I, I look at the comments. I really do look at the comments. Uh, maybe we can incorporate them in the show uh, a bit more. But I did want to throw you guys a bone just because uh, you're here every week watching this live uh, Monday nights. So I want to, wanted to thank you guys from from some interaction with, with you. I know I, I pay a lot more attention to Twitter and, and bring the tweets into the show, but I wanted to throw a, a whole show your way here. So, um, uh, Quentin Lee, one thought here. Do you think, do you think the players don't trust Grantham because one player told Todd that he feels more comfortable standing up with his hands in the dirt? I'm I, I, Quentin, I've heard behind-the-scenes stuff like that too, man, that um, uh, some of the players do not feel comfortable where they are playing in this defense. And that has to be communicated. Um, now, if, if you're putting players out there, they're not comfortable, that's, that's, that's a problem. That's an issue. Um, and, you, and if they're out there and they're not comfortable and a big play happens, well, whose fault is it? He told you he didn't want to be out there. He told you he wasn't comfortable in the, in the position, and you threw him out there anyway. I mean that that that's a problem. That's an issue, and I think there's enough pieces out there where some guys would feel comfortable in that position. If one player doesn't, throw the better throw the player out there who wants to be out there and who feels more comfortable out there. Maybe wants to is the wrong word. That player probably, even though he's at a position, or and he doesn't feel comfortable, probably still wants to be out there to go try and make the play and help his teammates out. But if he's not comfortable, I mean, you're going to give up plays and. There you go. I mean, I, I, yeah, uh, Quentin, man, I've heard some stuff like that, too, uh, with the defense and some guys just not comfortable in their positions. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Sean Steed, right, needs more reps. Had a great game versus Texas A&M. Sean, man, the, 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 point I, the only point I'll make there is a lot of people need, need a lot more reps, and it's so hard because there's just not a whole lot of plays out there. Uh, this defense, you know, going back to the defense again, they've got to help this offense get the ball more so we can see more players like Wright and Copeland and Shorter. All these weapons we think Florida has, we don't get to see because they're not on the field. 
And when Florida, Florida feels the pressure to score. And when you're Kyle Trask, who are your best chances to score? It's Kyle Pitts and it's, and it's Kadarius Tony. And those are the guys that are getting the ball right now because there's a lot of comfortability there. There's a lot of reliability there. And you're going to score points because, I mean, look, the, of course, the, the offense wants to go out there and score points every time they, they have or every time they have the ball. But there's a certain pressure with it now. And I think, you know, with the limited plays, we're seeing those guys get the ball a bit more. So, yeah, it's uh, I, I want to see a whole I, I want to see a lot more right to. Uh, and not because of Malik Davis' fumble. I think Malik Davis can still be a player for this team. It was an unfortunate fumble. I, I know he's had issues in the past. I didn't have him. I didn't have a problem with him getting the ball in that situation. It it just happened. Um, I know the history there. I, now, do I think he'll he'll get more chances like that in, in, in this season? I I don't, uh, and probably rightfully so. Uh, but looking back at it, I I didn't have a problem with it at the time. It it just happened. Uh, I still think he'll be a big contributor this season. Uh, he, look, he was playing really good before that, and 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 I hate to, and I hate to beat it over his head just because of uh, of that play, uh, and him fumbling and him not getting a chance uh, to to come back for it. Now, maybe not in the fourth quarter, maybe not late late in the fourth quarter, uh, in, in that situation. But you you still got to get Malik Davis the ball because he was playing really well before that. And unfortunate, unfortunate uh, that he fumbled there. Uh, there. So um, here we go. Here we go. Uh, Sean says, do I think, and kind of going back to running backs here, do I think we'll see Lingard at all uh, this season? I I hope so. I haven't heard a whole. Um, he was injured um, coming out of camp. He got hurt in in um, one of the scrimmages there. Hopefully with these two weeks here, we, we get something and, and we see. I just really, I, I don't, I haven't heard a whole lot of stuff coming out because, of course, right now, just not a whole lot going on around the team because just there's not going, nothing going on. <laughs> nothing's coming out because nothing's going on uh, there. So you know, I, I'll, I'll try to dig around a little bit more with Lingard and see where he's at. Hopefully we see him, but I, I'm just not sure, just not sure um, of, of what we'll see uh, from Lingard this season. You know, Florida doesn't need him. That's one thing. And look, we're already talking about this guy needs the ball more. That guy needs the ball more. Well, then you're adding one more mouth to feed <laughs> right there. So I'm not, uh, that, that's a, that, that's an issue there. If he does come along, you're taking carries away from Davis or, or, or Wright or, or Pierce. And right now that, that trio looks pretty good in the limited number of runs and, and passes out of the backfield that they have. So I I don't know maybe they don't force him back because they don't necessarily really need him this year go get healthy you this is I don't know what the injury necessarily was it wasn't too serious I don't think he was he wasn't going to miss the whole season uh, but it would be nice uh, to to see him sprinkled in if the Gators offense gets more plays um, this um, this season coming up so all right guys thank you thank you uh, Quentin Lee uh, I'll end, ended up ended up. I'll finish it up here. Man, let me talk here. I'm trying to read at the same time. I don't know. <laughs> uh, do you think we could we should hit the transfer portal at Nose Tackle? Absolutely. I did put that on Twitter. Uh, I was talking to some guys yesterday uh, on Twitter. Florida absolutely has to hit the transfer market for defensive lineman next year, uh, especially in, in the middle. You've got to go find somebody uh, there uh, and shore up the way. Like I said, the way recruiting has been, you you don't have a lot of experience at defensive tackle. Uh, past this year so uh, you you really really need to go find and for and Mullen's been gold at hitting the transfer market uh, and, uh, and hopefully had Schuler as a transfer who integral integral part of this defense the last couple of years right there in the middle of that defense and you're going to have to go find somebody like him or, or hopefully better uh, but find somebody at least to give you what Schuler gave you and there you go I, I absolutely Florida has to hit the transfer market for defensive tackle next year. Has to, has to, has to. All right, guys, there we go. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much, YouTubers. Uh, and like I said, I, I can't thank you enough for, for joining us here every week. Uh, you guys keep the comment section on fire, and I'm glad I could give you something back. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely do this again. It was uh, so good, so good to have the conversations we had. I know it was mostly focused on the defense. I know you guys. That's the issue right now. It, it, the, the negativity sometimes outweighs the positivity. 
Um, so that's one reason I kind of wanted to feature the offense this past week. And I know it wasn't in too much of a positive light for the offense, but the defensive talk has just dominated everywhere else. You can you can get a whole lot of defensive talk. But I did I knew this what you guys probably uh, would bring to the table here. I give you my thoughts uh, there. I'm not I'm not happy with it. I, I'm not. Uh, and you guys know. Uh, I am slow to fire people. I've always been that way. I was slow that way with McElwain. Uh, and I defended him probably longer than I should have. But that Michigan game in 2017, you remember, that was the linchpin game for me. It's so much, that was the you know teeter-totter there. And after the Michigan game, I was done. I was done with Jim McElwain. So, uh, you know, where, where would that point come with Todd Grantham? It, it may have already happened. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> but... Uh, Part like I said, part of the reason is I know nothing's not I know nothing's gonna happen anytime soon. So that that's kind of just where I, I get conservative with it, conservative with it a little bit. If it keeps trending like it is, then it's it, it's a no go. It's something something has to happen. Something has to happen. But many of you guys out there have been on the uh, you know don't hire Todd Grantham, fire him right away or whatever, and I'll give you a kudos for that if it ends up, you know, if it ends up happening and not working out. Some of you guys hit that one, hit that one from the start. So, all right, everybody, thank you much. Once again, check out Gators Breakdown. Go back and listen to Monday's episode with Will Miles and I. Uh, we'll try to have a recruiting episode with Corey Bender coming up uh, from Rivals probably on Sunday, and then a, a, another special episode on Monday, trying to work on a few guests for, for next Monday as well. You know, No game to review, of course. Uh, with Florida, Missouri getting moved to October 31st. A recruiting episode for sure next week. And then um, you know, and then we'll go from there. We'll definitely have a Florida, Missouri preview next week looking at that game uh, as well. So that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown, this YouTube Q&A version. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown. <laughs>